Welcome back to Aliyah Yomi. Today we're going to be learning together Vayeshev Chamishi, the fifth Aliyah in Parshas Vayeshev. It is a short Aliyah, only six psukim long, from Peraglamites, Pasuk Aleph to Pasuk Vov. Let's take a little brief look at the overview of our Aliyah and then some questions to think about. So this, the topic is Yosef's new life. At this point, we hear of Yosef who rides Mitzrayim. Yosef is brought down to Mitzrayim and he's brought by Potiphar, who is a servant. He is a servant to, to Pharaoh. He is the Sar Hatabachim. He's the head chief slaughterer. And he is an Egyptian. He buys him from the Ishmaelim. And we hear that Hashem is with Yosef. And because of that, he is very, very successful in his Egyptian home. His, fo- his master even notices that Hashem is with him in everything that he does. And Yosef finds favor in his eyes. So much so that this new master places him in charge of everything that he has in his house. Everything barring El Salechem Asher, who are the bread that he eats, which Rashi tells us is a euphemism from, his, for, from the relationship with his wife. But everything else is given in the hands of Yosef. And, um, and at this point in time, we're also told by Yosef, he is beautiful of appearance and description. The first question we should be focusing on is the language of the first Pasuk. Yosef was taken down to Egypt. What, what is the, the purpose of this language? What is interesting is the Dasakanim says is that this relates to, it's a very passive verb. He was taken down. It's not that he's an active player. He is a passive um, object on the playing field right at this point in time. The Dasakanim explains that that is the purpose of this language to describe that he really is part of the machinations of the bris ben habasarim, the covenant between the parts. At this point in time, what is happening is he is now fulfilling the first step of this, which is, as uh, as he describes, it is like HaKadosh Baruch Hu is taking the calf away from the mother so that the cow will follow. And that's the exp- exp- explanation that Yosef is being taken away so that ya- Yaakov and his, bro- and his children, Yosef's brothers, will follow him afterwards. However, there's another relevance to this word hurad, and that is meant to parallel the immediately preceding perik. If you think about it, the whole story we've been hearing about up till now is the story of Yosef. Yosef and his brothers, the tension that exists, the sale of Yosef, the almost death of Yosef, the news of Yosef's apparent death. And then we're about to hear about Yosef going down to Mitzrayim. And then we hear this whole episode in the previous Perak, the previous Aliyah, Perak Lamelches, which deals with the whole episode of Yehuda and Tamar, which is fascinating. Why is that? Well, the starting words of that section is, Yehuda went down from his brothers. Clearly, what Tanakh is doing over here is framing these two episodes, the episode of Yehuda and the episode of, Ye- of Yosef, as two descents, two parallel descents, which we're meant to be considering in unison, as two parallel stories winding their way towards each other and through each other. And the, they are the, the protagonists and antagonists of the story um, opposite each other. Rav Foreman actually points out that there are many common themes that weave their way between these ideas. First, if you actually reverse one previous idea um, as well um, to the whole episode of the sale of Yosef, you'll notice that there is a lot that's shared in common with the Yehuda story as well. So in the previous um, topic, we hear about a a journey to tend sheep. That's when Yosef is going down to tend the sheep of his brothers and go to see his brothers and Yehuda is going to tend his sheep when the whole episode happens with Tamar and himself as well. We also hear about consolation that Yehuda is um, is Vayinachem Yehuda after the death of his wife but his father refuses to be consoled as well. We hear about coats. We hear that Yosef's coat is taken and it's dipped in blood and we hear about Yehuda having his coat taken as well 
um, as in this time a collateral. It's interesting in the third time we now have, as we're about to hear in the following aliyah, we have Yosef's coat also taken. In that case, as he leaves it in the hands of Mrs. Potiphar. So we, we see this very fascinating idea weaving its way through. In fact, also the notion of goats appears in all these aliyahs. We have the idea of the goats that are used as the blood for the alibi of the, of the loss of Yosef, and the goats are actually the collateral in Yehuda's episode as well. We also hear about an, an, an unfinalized death. We hear about the death of Yosef, which is not really a final death. And then we hear about Erva Onan, whose lives are sort of, their souls are still in stake, at stake, waiting for the, uh, the, this idea of Yibum to perhaps um, solve them. Um, we also hear about a lot of other interesting ideas, is that the garment is being used as a tool of deception. That's the brothers using the, the garment as a tool of deception against their father. Tamar using the garment as a tool of deception for um, the collateral of Yehuda. And then, as we talked about last earlier, the recognition that is expressed of Yehuda, of Yehuda being asked, do you recognize um, this, uh, uh, Yehuda recognizing the coat and him presenting the coat of Yosef to his father. So a lot of very, very fascinating parallels, first between the episode of the sale of Yosef, then the story of Yehuda and Tamar, and now even in this case, it follows through. It's almost as if, as the collateral damage of the sale of Yosef, we have to follow both Yosef's descent and Yehuda's descent. And then the, those descents are actually very much parallel in the sense that both of them have to do with a, um, a woman. Both of them have to do with a proactive woman and a, and a person um, who is now um, confronted with a moral challenge, with a relationship which is not meant to be. How do they rele relate to that challenge? Do they release their garment in order to fulfill that relationship or to avoid that relationship is really what's happening between Yehuda and Yosef. And interestingly enough, Yosef is going to succeed. Yehuda is not going to succeed. He's going to have to recover from it as well. Um, and this sort of sets into motion two different models as to the types of leaders. Yosef is going to be known as the Tzaddik. Yosef is known as a person who remains righteous. Yehuda is going to be known as a Baal Shuva, as a person who sinned but came back from that sin. He's able to recover from it. Two very different models of leadership clearly meant to parallel each other in these two aliyahs, all enca encapsulated in the word Vayered versus Hurad of Yosef and Yehuda as well. Just two more very basic points, and that is what did his master notice about Yosef? So Rotskin points out that he noticed that he um, would call Hashem into his day-to-day -day life on a ba daily basis. In fact, the way Rav Hirsch says it is, is that we can rightfully assume that if, you, if Hashem was there with Yosef, it was because Yosef was there with Hashem. That means that even in a month's his adversity, he was able to renew his connection to Hashem, perhaps in a way that he may not have done if he were just in his regular hometown. It's also interesting to notice that this, this, in, this environment he is in was, not, it was certainly not a spiritual, um, fertile environment. In fact, we see indications that it could be that it's exactly the opposite. First of all, we're told that he's an official of Pharaoh, so running away from this kind of environment would be impossible. That would be a, a federal crime. Then also he was also the Sarat Abachim, he's the chief slaughterer. The Mepharshim debate, does that mean to say that he was, you know, shechted animals? Well, no, he was the executioner. You know, an executioner is a person who has to really hide away any of their tenderness and, and nice feelings and mercy about other people. So he's dealing with a very, very tough individual. And also he was an Egyptian. As you know, the Egyptian culture was very antithetical to Semitic culture, to the ideas and mores of Abraham and his, and his family. Um, there are, there are, there are the Midrashim which suggest that, that, your, the, that Potiphar would buy slaves for all kinds of licentious purposes. This is a very, very complex environment he's in. And even in that environment, despite that environment, he's able to succeed. 
Finally, one last point to notice at the end of the Aliyah, we hear about the beauty of Yosef. Yosef is your first, um, is your first Torah, your first Mare. It's interesting to know that that is the description given to his mother, Rachel. So this seems to be some expression of that fa- familial, that genetic beauty and attractiveness that is being expressed here. But Rashi also points out that he, what happened was, is as he succeeded, he started living it up. He started essentially saying to him, started eating and brushing his hair. And Hashem says, wait a second, your father's mourning and you're, you're looking after your body. And that's when the challenge enters and that's going to be our next aliyah. Complicated. Success is wonderful, but success often breeds other complicated issues when it comes to our spiritual journeys. With this, we close the aliyah. In the meantime, have a wonderful, meaningful